Good evening, everybody. We are back again with Q&A. This is 11th one? 12th? Yeah, 11th. 11th Q&A, 7th of May, 5th month. And uh, we just want to thank God. So many questions, tough questions, real tough, painful questions. So after the first probably lighter questions, daddies and mommies can ask the children to scoot. It'll keep them innocent, their minds innocent. And uh, why trouble them with information they do not need to know? So, also we had, uh, for those who are from outside Hyderabad, outside India, we had a tragedy this morning in one of our cities close by, Waisag. There was a gas leak from a industrial plant. Quite a few people, 10 to 13, died. Thousands were injured. And we just want to thank God because Pastor Vijay's uncle lived just, just very close to that factory. And he and his family could escape without any harm. And he's one of the, he regularly listens to all the morning and evening uh, messages. So we just thank God. He protected us and keep praying. One tragedy after another is unfolding. Mm. And uh, it's not the tragedy that causes trauma, but no one should die without knowing Christ. Because yes. no one should go to an eternity without God. That's our prayer. Death does not hold any fear or should not hold any fear for a believer. Death is going home. If you can overcome the fear of death, you can face anything in life. So this evening, before we go to the Q&A, Pastor Vijay, could you lead us in prayer? Father, we just want to thank you once again this evening for this opportunity that you have given to us, Lord. Father, so many questions your children have asked. Father, it's you who has all the answers because you don't only look at the question, but you also look at the questioner. You know, you know the hearts of everyone, O oh Lord. You know what they're going through. And I pray, Father, that the answers that they receive will be from the throne of heaven. Father, that there will be anointing over, Father, this entire meeting, O oh Lord Jesus, that your anointing would rest over Pastor James. And I pray, Father, for all of your children who are receiving, O oh Lord, Father, your word. And I pray, Father, that you would open their hearts. You would comfort them where comforting, comfort is needed. You would exhort and encourage. And Lord, and I pray, Father, that, Lord, we will all be prepared, O oh Lord Jesus, in this last hour of time, even as we listen uh, to the answers, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. We commit this entire service into your hands, O oh Lord. We pray, Father, for all the uh, gadgets, O oh Lord. I pray, Father, for your anointing, for your protection to rest over everything, O oh Lord, that there'll be a smooth, smooth uh, service, O oh Lord Jesus. There'll be no interruption. We bind the prince of the power of the air in the name of Jesus, and we release your anointing, Father, in this place and all around you, wherever your people are tuning in. We thank you. We praise you for this time. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> So, Pastor, we'll look, we'll start off with a very simple, simpler question. All questions today are very tough. Yeah, by the way, if you see me making faces, it's got nothing to do with the questions. It's between my wife, my sister, and my mother. They took sugar out of my drink. (laughs) (laughs) The three ladies plotted and added mint to it. And I have no issues with sugar, so I don't know why they took it out. 
maybe it's for me first i don't know <laughs> no it was for me it was a plot last night they were plotting so it's question number 15 pastor it says why are we such horrible sinners even after hearing the truth question number 15 15 1515 why are we such horrible sinners even after listening to the truth um when it comes to sin sin in capital that nature of the old man please remember there are three parts of it when we repented and put our trust in jesus christ what we are saved first is from the penalty of sin now after that what god is doing is he is setting us free little by little sometimes faster from the power of sin and the third state is when you are released from this body we will be away forever from the presence of sin okay so these three p's please remember penalty power and presence we won't have this body we will be like jesus people will say how come people will never sin in heaven because we would be like jesus perfected character wise like jesus everyone who makes it so there will be no temptation no physical body no demonic host from the presence of sin free forever so in this process we are fighting this battle and uh, as we grow in the truth we know how to appropriate the blood of jesus the name of jesus and the power of the holy spirit we will keep on overcoming we will trip initially like a child learning to walk you may trip more and more but you have to learn the fundamentals remember before you can sin you need to be tempted and if you're an older person who came to the lord late you already know your areas of weaknesses and avoid those areas take stringent hard measures about it there was a dear gentleman who two days he tried he was happy third day he fell again he's alcoholic and i don't want to call you that but it's a medical term but i would say dear brother this is my suggestion to you you will have to go the hard way okay it's not like if you smoke 20 cigarettes a day you cut down to 15 to 10 or go cold turkey you will have withdrawal symptoms uh ask the holy spirit first spiritual part ask the holy spirit to help you through it i've seen people delivered just like that i had a uh years back in one of the army churches when i used to be a visiting chaplain and there used to be a officer he was he was a nominal christian he wasn't a believer but he was kind of alcoholic but you see when the senior most officer is a believer and he comes to church all the others follow so he this poor man was forced to come to church every sunday and forced to hear us preach and he used to sit at the back row then one day he got saved the day he got saved i don't know the miracle happened god touched his life he stopped drinking he stopped smoking everything and that day he that week he told that month he told me pastor my bill is so much less now because i'm even saving on money because god broke that and he was an alcoholic for 25 years or so expect a miracle in these things believe in a miracle ask the holy spirit to help you out but also do the needful yes withdrawal symptoms are bad we saw the pictures all over india you see the government is easing the lockdown but almost everything is still closed and the first thing they have opened in almost all the states are the liquor shops mm. 
you see this is the government who doesn't want supposedly doesn't want people to die from the covid virus but they don't mind the families being destroyed by alcohol because that's the biggest source of revenue and you saw people from 6 in the morning standing for hours together in the heat you need to understand what india heat is like 40 degrees not fahrenheit degree celsius and in some places with the umbrella because the hailstones were falling but the people were standing in queue for hours together to buy liquor and i mean it, it's it's bondage and you need to ask god to deliver you and he will deliver you but believers remember like the others we feel compassion on them but for you you have the source who sets you free Amen. it's the spirit of god you have to rely on god cry out to god get prayed over and pray and god will set you free and also the practical things which you have to do whatever area in your life you know you are in bondage to or you are tempted to run away from those things flee keep away do do concrete actions and it the power of it will get weaker and weaker and before you know you will be free and then stay away from it Amen. all your life and it's also the fact that more more we know the truth we understand how sinful we sinful are we actually are, yes. it is not that uh, yeah, you are you such are a horrible sinner you have already come to realize that yes. you know, that we are sinners yes. because of right already. you know after the covid 19 came we all realized how terrible people we are when it came to washing hands <laughs> all these years we didn't know how to wash our hands okay so the next yes. question we'll go to pastor is question number 7 7 it says Oh, that's the, a tough theological question yes what, what is the pub i'm going to read the read through the whole question and you can take okay it it's again from the arabian peninsula and i understand your your concern your question is very serious yes what is the purpose of the cross for us to believe christ died and our sins are washed away if christ died and we are cleansed and white as snow tell me where do we go wrong on a daily basis Why is it so hard for us to believe as Muslims that he died? Why did he bless the Arab with so much of money and yet they believe Allah helped? It is difficult to understand this part. Why are some of us working for the government? We know the accuser and the defendant. We know who is right and who is wrong. Yet the judge rules over in favor of the guilty party. Some are Christians. They wait and wait and yet years have gone by. The breakthrough still is not there. How come God does not say enough is enough? let my children go oh that's a whole series of questions first is the purpose of the cross you need to realize uh, the cross is also called a tree in the bible and god had brought israel out given them the law and told them about the blessings and the cursing curses the blessings that comes from obedience and the curses that comes from disobedience though man was tuned to disobey but the safety wall was kept over there where god said cursed is the man who hangs on the tree you need to realize when this was being pronounced over israel god's plan a not plan b plan a there was no plan b there was only plan of one plan of god that is why jesus is called the lamb of god that was slain before the foundation of the world that his son would come in the fullness of god's time not man's time that's why we will never understand god's ways we will not understand his thoughts because when eternity begins we will understand and we will all fall at his feet and say lord you were right you were always right so 4000 years after humanity began according to scripture 
Jesus comes and he dies on the cross. And remember, when God had pronounced this particular death for his son under the law, the cross was not even invented. The crucifixion was a Roman invention. Before the Romans came in and used this to punish the prisoners and the rebels, to quell down rebellion, cross was not used. But God had seen before the beginning of the world, he sees the end from the beginning. So that's where the cross comes in. But spiritually speaking, when God says, carry the cross, the cross is a spiritual weapon. The cross is where Jesus' body hung, okay, where his body hung. But you will see his soul was untouched. His body was hanging on the cross and you will see in his soul, he's pure, he's untouched and he's blessing his enemies and he's forgiving them. He's leading a man into the kingdom of God and you will see. So God is talking about the cross as a spiritual weapon where we crucify our old nature, Mm. our false nature. And that's what we have to believe. We believe that Jesus died. And our sins are washed away by that sacrifice. There's no other way. If you, if any man logically thinks, that's why every religion is full of works. Mm. Why do you need good works? Let me ask you this question. Why does every religion talk about good works? It's because you have bad works. And they're hoping somewhere or other the good will balance the, the bad. But every judge sitting in the court knows it simply doesn't happen. You can have a man commit murder and come to your court, you can take all his good works over there. It makes no no difference at all. At the most, he may show leniency from death sentence to life imprisonment. Other than that, nobody goes free. And you know it's a basic tenant of the law. So I don't know how in our criminal law your good works will make no difference. Why do we think in God's moral law the good works will make a difference? It's not going to work that way. So the only way is like somebody takes your punishment. Somebody, and that person who takes your punishment has to be pure, holy, righteous. And that's what Jesus did. God comes, takes the punishment of man. When we believe, repent, first we have to repent. Otherwise it has no meaning. Otherwise we are just taking it for granted. We are not changing. We repent and believe something happens. And the blood of Jesus washes away. That's where the cross comes. And then, on a daily basis, the battle begins. Now you are very aware of your battle. Earlier it was okay, just your conscience. And your conscience can be already, always be warped. Mm. But now you are born again by Christ. And the battle begins. And you are very acutely aware that this is a battle. But the old man hasn't died. You have to kill him every day. The old man doesn't die. You have to kill him. That's where the cross comes. Every day you have to kill him. The more you do it, the more successful you are by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the word of God, you will realize you're winning. You're winning. And don't give up. This is a battle we'll battle all our life. All our life. And then, why is it so hard for us to believe as Muslims that he died? Because that's the way uh, Islam is taught. And the Jews also don't believe everybody. That's If you ask anybody in any religion, what is that one factor about Jesus Christ they don't want to accept? It is that he died for our sins. Because then all your works become pointless. Absolutely. Even even Christians. 
don't understand the cross. Most of Christians don't understand the cross. Catholics don't understand the cross. Because all your works are, are useless. Even in my family, I, I believe even my mother struggles with all these things. It's not that God is negating your good works. He's saying your good works won't earn you brownie points into entering into heaven. Good works are good works. That's fine. But it does not bring salvation. And therefore, the death of Jesus matters in religion. Because Jesus' death, everybody will accept him as a good teacher. And it makes no difference. You can stand and witness till the last day. He was the greatest teacher in, in, in the world has ever seen, like Gandhi. The greatest teacher. And he carried a, the Gospels in his pocket or wherever he kept it. Maybe in his little bag. He had the Gospels. And C.F. Andrews, the uh, Anglican priest, was one of his best friends. But the fact is that you can accept him as the greatest teacher. That does not save you. Mm. That does not save you. The only thing that will save you is that he was God's replacement for me. I should have died on the cross. Mm. He died on the cross for me. He took my sin upon me, upon himself, released his righteousness. So not just Muslims, the Jews. Everybody struggles with the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You don't want to talk about the resurrection at all. Because if you rose again, then everything he said is true. It's so easy that people will take his good teachings and will forget his greatest teaching is that I will die and I will rise upon the third okay. day. And upon that is everything based. One sign I give you, he said. To the Pharisees, one sign, the sign of Jonah, three days and three nights, and then I will rise. And everything begins from that. That they don't want to talk or discuss at all. Because the rest of his teaching will always tally with a lot of good teachings in religion. And that is easy to accept. And you're still back on the track, trying to earn through your good works. You know, trying to earn. And it doesn't work. So you need to understand why Muslims struggle is because that is the way you are taught in Islam, in the Quran. That's the way it is written, that he did not die. Allah did not allow him to die. He took him from the cross and replaced it with some different, different versions are there. But that's how. Why? Because one, you find it difficult to accept that God could have a son because you are thinking physically. That's not God's only begotten son. It's not physically. Spiritually, he was born. He took the body from Miriam. But he did not take uh, his soul, uh, spirit. soul spirit from from Miriam. It was from God. So that is what you have to understand. And then coming to the second part. Why did he bless the Arabs with so much money? And yet they believe Allah helped. It's difficult to understand this part. Let me tell you first thing about money. When we go to heaven, <coughs> all those who are blessed and make it to go to heaven, you will see even the streets of heaven are paved with gold. Because when you talk about wealth in this world, it's actually tabulated in gold. Gold. Okay? Gold and silver. Gold. So, what we talk about wealth here, money here, is under our feet there. Being wealthy here is irrelevant in eternity. The rich man went straight in that parable Jesus said to hell. All his money could not get him one drop of water to quench his thirst. That's the reality of wealth. So when we are talking about material wealth, it is irrelevant. And the oldest book in the Bible, the book of Job, Job says, naked I came, naked I go. Timothy Paul will say the same thing. Nobody is going to take anything. So materially being blessed is irrelevant. It makes, it makes no difference at all. And Jesus makes it very clear. Okay, It makes it no difference in eternity. 
And actually much of the condemnations in the Bible are towards rich men mm. who do not use their wealth properly and use their wealth to abuse the poor. He says, you have no clue what is coming to you in eternity, the yes. judgment when you have used your riches. Then about Muslims becoming rich, let me give you two verses. One is Genesis chapter 17, verse 18 to 20. 18. Yes, yeah, 1780. Yeah. Abraham said to God, this is when God comes at the age of 99 and tells him that Sarah will have a baby and uh, it is through her the covenant will be ratified or through that child. Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And God said, no, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son. You shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants and after him. So you will see the Ishmael, Isaac division comes right even before Isaac is born. And in verse 20, and as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and I will make him fruitful and multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. So the biblical promise, God promised Abraham that the Ishmaelites would be blessed. Ishmaelites would be, it cannot be taken away. Because it was Abraham's seed and Abraham asked for it. And God said, you don't worry about it. I will see Ishmael is blessed. Until today, Ishmaelites are blessed. Mm. And later when Isaac is born and weaned and Ishmael has to be sent away and is sent away with Hagar. Verse 18 of 21, Genesis 21. Now to the mother, God says, Arise, lift up the lad. Hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. So this is a promise repeated both to the father and the mother. Father and the mother. Okay, father and the mother that Ishmael would be blessed. So Muslims are blessed. Muslims are blessed. And you will see the most Islamic blessing is it's a blessing without work. <laughs> they just found oil. It's oil wealth. It's oil wealth. But the covenant is with Isaac, was with Isaac, with the Jewish nation, through Isaac, through it. Basically, it is, Christ comes through Israel. That is the covenant. So salvation comes through Jesus Christ. That is the covenant that is made. So that's the reason you have to understand why Muslims are blessed. And the Jewish nation was always persecuted because that was God's chosen nation. And when they go out, that is God's son, literally as a nation. He spanked the daylights out of them. But he always had a remnant saved and kept until Jesus came. And when Jesus came, they rejected him. And it moves on to the Gentiles. God will have another set of people that we call not replacement theory. Please don't misunderstand. And I don't subscribe to replacement theory. But the church is uh, spiritual Israel and uh, Ephesians. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. The last couple of two verses. Six last two verses. You will see the church also being called as Israel. Yes, the last two verses. Can you have the last? Yes, it's there, Pastor. Yeah. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision, that is the Jews and the Muslims, okay, the circumcised, Abraham's sons, nor the uncircumcision, that is we who were Gentiles, avails anything 
but a new creation. God has brought the circumcised and the uncircumcised together spiritually in Christ Jesus, those who believe and put their faith in Christ Jesus. And he says, as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. They are the Israel of God. Okay, We are the Israel of God. Peace be upon them. Shalom. Hallelujah. Hmm. And then when we, those who are working for the government, we know. But we, you, you, everybody knows the whole system is rigged. It's not just there. It's everywhere in the world it is rigged. And you do not know. It's a test for both. Those who are sitting in the court, it's a test for the lawyers. And it's, it's a test for the, you, you say about Christian, the defendants over there. It's a test for everyone. For the Christians, it is that. You may get justice here or you may not get, but through it all, I will work it out for you. You will learn to be patient. You will learn long-suffering. You will learn all through that. For the Christian, it's a different thing. A genuine Christian, it is like Joseph. He didn't get justice anywhere. Just only at the end, he was raised up. Okay, it's a, it's a picture. Many of us will not get justice in this life. But through it all, God is changing us in the image of Christ Jesus, okay? He was, it was a mock trial against the very law of God, a midnight trial, a kangaroo court, and he was sentenced. And then they handed over to the Gentile powers so that they did not have, have the power to crucify him, execute him. And the whole thing was rigged. And God did not show justice to his son. Mm. So that we could be saved. Hmm. And God has shown us a way. Let me show you that's very, very powerful. Okay? God may intervene, God may not intervene. But through it all, God's children are victorious. I want you to turn to first Peter. Chapter two. Verse twenty onwards. One of the most powerful liberating scriptures for believers. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? He says, if you are a sinner, you broke the law, you should get beaten. Mm -hmm. So I am very patient. God says, no, you needed that. You're just getting beaten for. But when you do good and suffer, if you're innocent and you suffer, you should take it patiently. This is commendable before God. And look at verse 11. For to this you were called. Mm -hmm. Christians don't understand this is part of your calling. This you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Mm -hmm. You need to realize we are not saying that Christians should not take the records of the law of the land that is available. Yet, in those courts, you may not get justice. But it is a test for everybody. For the Christians, it is a test. For the judge, he has no clue what is coming to him on judgment mm. day for perverting justice. He doesn't realize he's sitting on God's chair. Because God is the judge of all flesh. And law and righteousness, justice comes from God. And ultimately, you will see on judgment day, the judgment for all criminals are not the same. Mm. Even the lake of fire will not be the same. And people ask me, how can it not be the same? I said, it's all fire, fire. When Babylon, when Nebuchadnezzar made that statue, he said to heat the fire seven times over. And we all know that 100 degrees, water starts boiling. 150, 200, 
500, 700, 100, 1000, it changes. And suppose you are going to get a body where you will feel the heat and you're going to be in that lake of fire for eternity and one guy gets 100 degrees, another gets 500 degrees, you will call the fellow who got 100 degrees blessed. So don't even worry about criminals who are getting away. Nobody will get away on that day. Nobody will get away on that day. So all those who are struggling with this, why doesn't God intervene? Because he knows what judgment day is like. God being a merciful, kind, compassion, God doesn't want anybody to perish. So he's giving. Sometimes that's why he allows the unrighteous to live long lives. And the righteous sometimes dies early. No, there's uh, one of the Psalms where Asaf, if I'm right, he looks at all the evil ones prospering and he says, why is this, O Lord? We are all righteous. We are doing everything. Nothing seems to be happening to us. And look at all these guys prospering. He says, I had all these questions until I went into the house of Mm -hmm. the Lord. And then I was envious of the boastful, Psalm 73, 3 and 4, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. And? They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as a necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Look at it. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than their heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens. Their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore, his people return here and waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain, washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. This is a poor righteous man crying. Lord, what is happening over here? If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Look further down. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. Then I understood their end. Surely you set them in the slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Then you said, Lord... Danyavad Prabhu, Danyavad. Thank you, Lord. You did not really give me all this money. I know I would have gone their way and slipped down and gone into hell forever. You just gave me enough. You chastened me when I slipped here. You spanked me. When I went on this, you gave me two more. You put me on that narrow path. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm telling you, unless you come into the sanctuary of God, true houses of God, where the word of God is preached, where eternity is shown in true light, people do not know what real blessing is. Real blessing is to be saved and to be beaten left and right on that narrow path. Beaten not with hands, but God, his spirit will chasten us and keep us on that road. So question number four is very similar to this. So very simple. So God does not intervene. Some cases he intervenes. Some cases he does not intervene. He he doesn't, uh, he deals according to the people, according to the persons. Because some of them, their destiny is much bigger than what they even know. Mm. See, when Joseph saw a dream, he didn't really understand what this dream actually would mean. He never, as a 17-year-old boy, realized 
he was meant to take care of the entire known world of that time. To rescue them from famine and bring his brothers to salvation and take care. And from him would begin the beginning of Israel. He had no clue. But to be that man, God had to put him in prison for 13 years. So that he would become a man after God on heart. Because like you say, no, uh, you know coal and diamond are both mm. the same material. <laughs> but you don't get diamond the way you get coal. It is enormous pressure and heat that causes a diamond. And people will give their life for a diamond and not for gold. So you know what? God is working differently on different people. It's not the same. So willingly, lovingly, surrender your life to God each day and say, Lord, lead me on. Yes, Pastor Vijay. I hope I have answered your yeah, doubt. Question number four is very similar to that. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You want to see it? It says, I see wickedness in the day to day lives in the government every day. <sighs> they are in charge of our lives, yet they are wicked men and women. Why does the Holy God allow this to happen? The same question. Yeah. The world is even more wicked. You cannot believe any of the reports. You cannot believe the cops. You cannot believe the churches. The brothers and sisters who are in cohorts with them. Even police records, court records, all are exaggerated and mere lies. On the other hand, people are able to see these records and the lies are tarnishing their character. How come this has been going on for centuries? Why has God not put a stop to this? Pastor Vijay says, God allows us, allows all of this to come into our lives to improve our character. But it does not help. Makes you even angry and mad, and you want to just give up. It depends upon what position you are. Okay, uh, like, like, uh, imagine I'm a judge. I'm a judge. If I'm a judge and I'm a believing judge, then I'm sitting in a seat where I can make a difference in my courtroom. In my courtroom. Imagine Pastor Vijay is an IPS officer, and imagine he's a police commissioner. And he's a believer. Then the honest is on him to me. He will get posted out. Hmm. Posted out and all. But that's okay. That's a price we have. We are not looking for a career to go up. We are saying that, yes, I'm sitting on a seat. And justice, righteousness, I have to uphold. Okay. So that's where you have to realize what is your position in the system. On the other hand, what is my position? In the system. I'm not in the system. All this world system. I'm a pastor. So what is my job? My job is to preach. Mm. To preach the truth. So I too am a factor in all this. If I hide it. Hide it. Like a lot of preachers do. They hide this whole truth away. And they only talk about shallow messages. And there's no preaching of repentance. And the righteousness of God. The judgment of God. Shallow. But name it and claim it. You will become rich and just confess it. That's not even true Bible. It's not even preaching. So you know what they are doing? They are part of this. They are part of this evil system. So everybody has to see in this system. Am I part of the system? Boy. Or am I part of God's system? And what is the role do I have? To? Like Peter over here. No? Peter right now for 48 days. days no? 11 plus 30 plus 7. 48 days. He's been singing. And he's been worshipping. You don't realize, you do not realize that his worship has touched so many people who have come out. For many, many, many people, Peter is the first person they are seeing who is worshipping the living God. 
and they want the songs they're trying to sing along. So it has made a difference. There are people you don't even see, but if they are in there, you wouldn't hear us or you wouldn't hear him sing. So everybody is playing a part in God's kingdom. You have to realize, what is my part in this? Okay, if you are in the system, the worldly governing system, then you need to realize, what do I need to do? And how much am I willing to pay the price? You know, that's what Daniel did. That's what Daniel did. And they, they threw him into the den of lions because they couldn't find anything wrong with mm. him. So they brought one law to stop him pray. So we have to be willing to pay the price. And we have to pray our role over here. So this has been going on for centuries. It's not for centuries. It's going on for 6,000 years. Mm. From the day Adam and Eve sinned and Abel killed, Abel was killed by Cain. It's been continuing for 6,000 years. Please remember this. God is not trying to change the system from outside mm. first. No. He's trying to change one man at a time from inside first. There was a young man, not young man. Yeah, he's a young man. He would be tickle pink if I say he's a young man. Isaac from Chennai asked this question, no? Uh, there's a new creation which God is creating. New earth, new heaven, everything. And those who are born again is the only new creation in the old creation. But this new creation has to grow. Has to grow so that he can fit into that new creation which God is getting ready. So what is happening for 6,000 years God is allowing. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, Derek Prince uses this wonderful, uh, illustration where he says, when man sin, corruption set in. All you can do with corruption is you can, you can slow it down. Like you buy vegetables, how do you slow it down? By putting it in the fridge. But that doesn't mean it will remain like that. You keep it in the fridge after one week, two weeks, you will see that, you, that also has to be thrown down. So the church is kept over there only to slow down corruption and not to reverse it. Corruption cannot be reversed. Yes. That's why our bodies are dying. You can do whatever you want. All these big shots can take your 50,000 rupee, 20,000 dollar steroid shot. You are only slowing it down. You cannot reverse it. When God said, when you eat, you will die, it was set. So we cannot reverse it. We can slow it down. That's all. That's the purpose of the church. The church stands there to slow it down. So if a church is a true church and a righteous person, that's what Abraham asked this question to God when the angels are going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, Lord, you are a righteous God. Mm -hmm. If there are 50 righteous, will you destroy? He said, no. Mm -hmm. 40? God said, no. 30? No. 20? No. Mm. Then 10? God said, no. And he walked away. 10 is God's number. Mm. And he is also thinking, my nephews and his wife, probably four daughters, I believe four daughters, two married, two unmarried. Okay, four daughters, four into two. If they had married, would have been eight. Plus father and mother, 10. He was hoping at least there would be 10 righteous people over there. He didn't realize there was only one. Mm. This is the problem with compromised believers. When you go into the world system and keep your faith as your personal thing, I am only struggling inside, but you have no testimony outside. You realize you destroy all the people around you. That's the judgment of the lukewarm church, Lavodishi, or lukewarm. God says either be hot or be cold. So you will see over here, that's basically what is happening. 6,000 years. So what does God do before he destroys? That's why we believe in a part also in a concept called rapture. Will God destroy the whole earth along with the righteous? Maybe not. He may pull out the righteous out. 
So Lot was pulled out. Then Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Okay, but we are not connecting Jesus' second coming now with the destruction of the earth. That will happen only after a thousand year rule. So you have to, eschatology, I don't even want to go there because mm. it's, it can, like COVID-19 has thrown everybody's eschatology out of the window. So that's where you have to look. God is not intervening now. He's giving all time. 6,000 years he has put. Jesus had said, one day, two days, I will do the cures and the miracles deliverance and the third day I will be perfected meaning the third day is coming third day is coming and in that third day the church will be perfected I believe even the resurrected saints and the raptured saints those who rule with Christ Jesus also will be perfected during that thousand years meaning when you rule you learn through experience how God judges I believe even during that thousand years, saints are going to change. That's what I believe he means. They, I will be perfected. I meaning his body will be perfected during thousand years. No, mm. I am not the same pastor I was when I began. Mm. Because you learn a lot of things of experience. Like any job, any job. You end then as a fresher and five years later, you have learned a lot. So thousand year rule on earth, the saints also will be perfected and perfected and perfected, perfect. That's what ruling means, judging. Mm. No, And God is a ruler, he's a judge. And we know he judges perfectly. And in a thousand years, God will have a perfect body. Then Satan is released for a little while, final end, and the new creation begins. And wow, what a day it will be. Amen. Yes, Pastor Vijay. So, because we are start talking about establishments and governments, Pastor, another establishment-related question, we'll talk about Catholicism. Oh, these so are dear brothers who are So, come question out. number 14. 14. Why can't we just get rid of the Pope and pray him out of the Vatican? He has caused havoc with millions of people. I don't understand. Question number 16. I don't understand, I don't understand why the Lord did not move the Pope out. So many of us deceived, so many still deceived, so many of us lost millions. I gave one million dollars to the billion, Pope. billion, sorry, one billion dollars to the Pope. Four generations in total, we gave one billion and I'm angry and mad. That's only about money, don't worry about money. They're not going to take that money anywhere. I think my wife's side of the family, Auntie Julia, that generation also gave a billion. So it does not make any difference. Okay, nobody is going to take uh, this money anyway. But then about, let's not be too hard on the Pope. Uh, some Popes were good. Some. But that is, if papacy is part of God's plan of judgment in the end, then you have to accept it. A lot of people, I don't want to get into it because <laughs> you don't want to get into it. That's a different teaching altogether where they believe the false prophet of the last days, you will have this antichrist and the religious head. They say it is could be the current pope because he could be the last pope setting the stage for, and you will see, uh, not the one who abdicated. He was more orthodox, conservative. But this current pope, he's talking about Mother Earth and climate change. I mean, he's not even talking about Christ. And by his agenda seems to be fitting with the New World Order. Mm. Their agenda and his agenda are the same. He's yes. talking their language. And mm. it, it is it is scary. Because I would still want time. Because I still want people to get saved. Because a lot of people that we love, we know, are still not saved. So when you see these prophecies fitting into place and then wonder... Because to us, the Pope does not matter. But to the unbelieving world, he is... 
for them the head of the christian world yes. they don't understand all these divisions among us protestants and who left they don't know unbelieving world he is the head of christianity that's how they see him let me tell you for uh, there are lots of assumptions and all you see in the old days uh, right now he doesn't uh, they don't wear it because it became a little too public and controversial but old days you know they still have it the pope used to wear a three tiered golden crown telling that he has authority over the first second and third heavens he used to wear a three tiered crown and he used to sit supposedly on the throne of peter with the keys of the kingdom and he has absolute authority when he speaks he's speaking ex filio ex cathedra whatever that his word is like the word of christ the word of god it cannot be taken back it cannot be broken all these things they added unto him and you know it is scary and not not uh, scriptural if they had only read the book of acts when people try to do some kind of a this thing before them they tore their garments and said we are just men yeah. do not ever do but they are not like men live in a 3000 room palace the world's largest residence is the vatican and uh, if you know in that middle part of the three tier crown in latin it is written let me see <coughs> vicarius filii die i don't know my latin but that is what is written in latin in the middle and latin you know the numbers and the alphabets tally mm. so if you take those numbers and alphabets <laughs> and make them into numbers and you add them you get 666666666 okay but scary because when somebody a uh, one man is given so much prominence in religion and if that man gets deceived and the political leaders get relieved and the corporation leaders get really you will realize the money is in the hands of a few people political leaders practically only two or three matter who matters trump <laughs> matters vladimir putin matters she matters these three only matter the others are all jokers they don't really really matter i mean they don't have that kind of power to change systems they don't have power these three are the only three that really really matter imagine three political powers and the big corporation few multi trillionaires they call billionaires but they are more than that the hidden ones and they hold the money and the few of the religious heads come together you have game set over it's over mm-hmm. okay and everything is working towards the agenda but they have a spanner in the works called trump <laughs> they don't know what to do with this man and everything for as far as i know even covid-19 is connected to bring that man down they the deep state i don't i believe what he talks about the deep state the deep states then this is this cia and the wuhan lab, lab all could have worked together to create this you cannot trust them at all because cia and the illuminati work together and this programming is a cia programming everybody knows it nobody talks about it congress evidences are there all is there in public record and how come nobody believes it it's simply the power of mind blinding it's right before their eyes and nobody believes it nobody believes it not okay. believes it they are not capable of registering it that this is an entire programming that has been going on joseph mengele that was hitler's hand picked man mm. that guy experimented on all the children 
how to control their minds and especially he liked uh, twins to see how twins react to demonic kind of mind control by experiments he did that and when the allied army won the second world war almost 5000 of those scientists who were working in all these programs were quietly taken away where are they what did cia do with them what did they do with them and we are talking about nasa and space programs and all i am telling you it's got nothing to do with space programming nasa and all is programming so why do we call everything tv programming every software program why is everything called programming so they are programming our thinking they want the entire zombie zombie or whatever you call it population they can control and this is the next experiment taking place didn't you see how they locked up an entire world in mm. and people are afraid even to step out step by step by step and which is the only country who saying we will come out and we will protest america they have to take us down then only this will work and us is the only place where people are coming out and says we will not listen it's our right to liberty no other country is anybody stepping out and that country needs to be taken out and there is and they cannot believe have you not have you noticed in none of this thing trump wears a mask have you seen him wearing a mask no every other world leader does he does not wear a mask you know what he's trying to say he's telling the people i stand with you i stand for your rights i know what's happening behind this game i know what's happening but i'm alone in this fight even the churches in america are blinded they don't know what is happening they don't pray for me half of them are against me you know there's something happening here nobody knows so god is setting things into motion we are not afraid we pray one of the things you need to pray is lord open the eyes of your people is, is it possible is it possible that because they have been lied to so much over and over and over it's, and it's also programming it's a, the chinese the entire population except the underground church is programmed they have been programmed from childhood programmed 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 to think in a particular way everything american half the population has been programmed they took god out of the schools they made public schools private became very expensive like the biggest experiment they take as a nation one of the nations where this experimentation takes place is sweden mm. sweden is one of the experimentation of the new world order you will see that they change the laws everything you can only have government curriculum if you t- try to teach your child they will take your child away all kind of things and you will see sweden is a different kind of a place where most houses have only one person <laughs> all this experimentation takes place there in europe and we think about china we don't realize china is a repressive regime but here is a liberal regime practicing the same kind of techniques of mind controlling mm. mind controlling it's happening everywhere and people are all hooked all hooked on the internet and the tv so nobody is bothered give us internet give us free money we will sit and watch any number of hours you give us netflix you gave us amazon prime you give us disney and disneyland the founder of disneyland and the disney movies is one of the biggest programming used by the freemasonry hmm. disney movies so i always tell parents don't show them disney movies because disney movies is useful you ask me how do i know all these things because i know i have worked with alters and i know they were programmed using all this tell them wizard of oz alice in wonderland you tell them they start going crazy i'll tell you one experience how i'll tell you why i tell you this thing there was this guy who was the one who was one of the us astronauts who had gone to space who had gone to the moon and a uh, few years back <clears throat> i had a subject suddenly from that subject the altar came out 
the altar was panicking. The altar was panicking. I said, I said, oh, hang in, hang in there, hang in there. I was on suicide watch. What happened? What happened? What's your name? The name. What happened? No, I have to kill myself. I have to kill her. I said, what happened? Well, who are you? Why do you have to kill her? I haven't met you before. She said, no, my master is dead. My master is dead. I said, who is your master? I said, my master is dead. I said, your master, that name sounds familiar. That name sounds familiar. I said, isn't that a U.S. astronaut? I said, wait a second. I went. I'm talking about one or two in the morning. I went on the net and I realized, went down to the U.S. news and said he had died that morning. And Alter here knew before any one of us even knew this guy had passed away. Before any one of us knew this guy had died, the Alter popped out and said, my master, you know, he was an astronaut and he was a master and he had programmed this Alter. And the Alter popped out saying my master is dead. So you think all these things I'm talking about is out of my head? No, I know what I'm talking about. Many things cannot be told. And I look at people. People are slaves. Most of the people walking on the streets, studying in universities and all this place, if you have not come to Christ and on a daily basis surrender your mind, plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, walk carefully, not looking at the left and right, go to the world, just do your work and come back and allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse you, you will be blinded. Mm. So that's what the devil wants to do. And the, the Word of God talks about it. The whole world is blinded enemy has blinded and we are fighting these battles and this is a battle and the good thing about the battle is the rewards are high for those who come through. But if you are saved, you are saved. Don't worry. Okay, Pastor. So on on that, we'll go to the circle-related question, therefore. This is question number two. I hope children are not watching, all you parents and all the young teenagers. Don't sit there and I'm having nightmares. You're not supposed to be listening to all this. So, question number two. Why is it people never seem question to see number, number two? Why is it that people never seem to see the filth and muck in them? They say they are Christians, yet they come after their own brothers and sisters. We constantly judge our heart day in and day out, but yet we seem to always make stupid mistakes. After we do it, we realize we are messed up. We messed up. Why can't we just be cleansed and not not sin, walk in the light and turn towards Jesus? How come we have no self-control over our tongue? Why does not God put a sock in our mouth. I'm serious. He has the power. Just take away the they take away this deadly poisonous weapon from us. He has the power, right? I'm not angry with predators, rapists, murderers. I just want to know if these guys are going to sin over and over again, why does God not help them? Once they repent the first time, take them home and then it is over for them. Honestly, it is not easy for them. I've talked to them. They cry and hate the sin in them, but it's a very strong demon that attacks them constantly. We are God's children. Then for and then for the one ones who struggle, take them home once they repent, rather than take their life. We are weak vessels, really weak. Just tell them, just help them out, and take them home. Yeah, I know where you are coming from, them. But we, we are not God. We are not God. In that case, you see, we are trying to. The problem is, we are all. Tra- when we say somebody got saved, and this one's condition is so bad, so let him be taken home now, we are uh, what we, we are short-circuiting God's righteousness and justice for certain cases alone. And that will not work that way. God doesn't do things that work. There is a day that is set for everybody. The thing is that you can't pick and because you are looking at one thing and you are saying this is terrible. 
Okay? But you may go to another country and you see people who are never programmed, but actually skin and bones, eyes bulging out, dying literally of poverty and hunger. And you can ask the same question, why doesn't God take them out? These are not emotional responses. We do not respond to things emotionally. Yes, they struggle. Yes, they struggle because they were programmed. They were programmed. Many of them have birthed in family lines of that Illuminati, different, different lines they have, different programming they have, and they have come out, and they have to be taught how to be delivered, and some of them are going through guilt and shame. If you are listening to me, the young and the older ladies, sisters especially, and men too, who have come out of this, you know, the sisters have been... Their bodies have been used over and over and over. Men also have been sodomized in these rituals. And they were all literally picked up from babyhood, gone through this. And if you are listening, let me tell to you a couple of case studies. Okay. This altar, this core, I mean, you can have multiple personalities, hundreds of them, thousands of them. They can create those different ones. What happens is, in this particular case, I'm just calling that person as a case. This case, there are 200 altars who were used sexually and the others were used for different, different, different things. Like you can have different programs on your computer. And one day the Holy Spirit, like, you know, because there's another question also, another person, it's, re- it's not related to the circle, but related to the issue we are discussing about. Mm. So this core is going through this guilt and shame and abuse now that's this, that, you know, overwhelmed by it. And the Spirit of God looked at, uh, spoke to that person very clearly. And I knew it was God because of what happened. Told that person, you see, when I, this is the reason we taught on last Sunday about sin, iniquity, and transgression. Sin is falling short of the mark. Transgressing is crossing a line which God has said don't cross. Iniquity is what empowers it. So there is a sexual sin. Thou shall not commit adultery. And you look at adultery, oh, what a terrible sin. Fornication, what a terrible sin. But that's not what God is looking at. God's not looking at that. And Jesus made it very clear. He says, what he looks at is the lust in your heart. Mm. The lust in your heart is the iniquity. Mm. The act is the sin, the transgression. And he doesn't judge the transgression the way he judges iniquity. Iniquity is what he looks at. And he told this dear child of his, who had been saved from the circle, he said, every time you was, body was used, and I looked into your soul, there was no lust. There was no lust. So you are clean as a whistle. Mm. There was no lust. So why are you going through this condemnation? I'm telling you sisters who are listening, listen to me very carefully. You know that instant what happened? 200 altars immediately integrated into the core and it was gone. Because shame had kept them out. I'm telling you, that's how God looks to you who were abused in the circle. Children who were mother, little girls who were abused, even normal homes or to not part of the circle who have gone through and they walk through shame. Something must be wrong with me. That's why all these people picked on me. Lot of little girls grow that way. Then they look psychologically, the demon is there, looks for uh, abusers and they go through abusive relationship and they go through shame and guilt. 
God is looking at you and telling you straight up, if there was no lust, you don't have to walk through condemnation. You can be free just like that. Just like that. And each one of these sins which you are struggling with, whether it is drug addiction, whether it is sexual immorality, whatever it is, go back to that thing that empowers. You deal with that, you will see deliverance is easy. Deliverance is easy. There's a sister who wrote, and she's from the Arabian Peninsula. Yes, the next, yeah? question, next question. My sister does not speak English. Okay, we are weak women. We dress all covered or dress. Our men still look and still lust. Why do we get blamed when men are like dogs on heat? Constantly wanting the wrong thing. Even if their wife is with them, they still look. Why is it always the women being blamed not fair? I get mad. Sometimes I just want to slap the men when I see they look. I am covered from head to toe, but they still want another man's wife. Why? I will only tell you that, sister, you have to be... Uh, what I tell you is that as long as, like uh, we say in English, you cannot stop a bird from flying over your head. But you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. Like you say, you are covered and your heart is clear. You don't have to worry about who's looking at you. You don't have to slap. You don't have to get angry even. Just don't even give them the attention. Just walk away. Just walk through. Because if you have nothing in your heart, because some women dress provocatively and they get a cheap thrill by all the men looking at them. Looking at them. They get that cheap thrill at all of them. And it's a very cheap. There's no. There's nothing different between that girl and the men who are looking at her, both are, the, spi the spirit that is operating within them is the same. Mm. So you are dressing basically to incite lust because you have a lust for attention inside. Okay, you have a lust for attention, in the wrong kind of attention. Okay, so in this case, you don't even have to get angry. You have to be careful that you are not angry because then you will be sinning unnecessarily, <laughs> getting angry. You don't have to, you have to have a righteous anger and just check your heart and check yourself. I am fine. I am covered from head to foot. And just walk away. And that and pray for that poor fellow. Because he is controlled by lust. Just pray for that poor fellow who is a slave to that Lord. Deliver him. But that's how you walk through life. You always have to see both sides of it and the spiritual side of it. And we can walk free from condemnation and anger and guilt and shame. Because you are not responsible for somebody else's action. Mm. As long as you are modestly dressed. That's why the Bible, when it talks to dressing, especially the new covenant, always goes back to the women. Talks about one, being dressed modestly. Two, not wasting your money on outward things. Talks about inward modesty and outward, inward uh, meek and a quiet spirit and outward modesty. You do two things. And if you're outwardly modest, you don't have to worry. It's a judgment upon the person who's looking. Okay. So, question number 13, we'll say, Pastor. 13. Oh, that's one of the tough ones, right? No, Pastor, it's no, not, it's not. Not, not that tough. Yeah, that's the same thing. Why yeah, do we tough. struggle with lust at the age of 70 or 80 or 90? If I'm right, at 90, when Leo Tolstoy, <laughs> one of those greatest yes. writers, was asked the question, what is your greatest struggle at 90? He said, lust. <laughs> lust has got nothing to do with the body. It's got to do with the flesh. Mind, yes, you need to realize there is a flesh part in the body, when man fell, that is that came into being. There is a kind of theological argument 
I'm not subscribing it to it, not unsubscribing from it. I'm just leaving it, shooting the air. When Eve, they say, when Eve took, by the way, it is not an apple. There's nothing, Adam's apple is an assumption. It is not an apple. The Bible doesn't say what fruit it was. Could have been a fig because they used fig leaves. We do not know. Whatever fruit it was. Okay, whatever, let's say apple. When Eve took the apple and she bit and she ate, she sinned, she fell, and the glory of God left her. Scripture says Adam was not deceived. Then scriptures, so the question is, why did he partake? They say that he was tempted now by her physical body in its fleshly nature, and he fell. That's how lust came in, entered, okay? So that's one of the assumptions. We'll all be cleared in eternity, not that nobody will have lust or have any questions about lust over there. So you need to realize people struggle with things whichever they indulged in. Mm, Yes, the most. You need to realize. That's why everybody struggles. An alcoholic, he gets delivered. 10 years, 15 years later also, it can come back if he's not careful. If he's not careful. You know, so you will see, David does not struggle with anything except lust. What is his struggle? He has no struggles with anything, you know, mercy, grace, kind of, but when he fell under lust, all the others came together. He loved, because that's what he was, his only problem was picking up one wife and another wife and another wife and another wife, so you will realize it is lust. It is not love, it is lust. That was his weakness, and that's why God had to deal with him such in a terrible, painful way. That he never reverts to that again. Mm. Never go there. To be so painful. He never goes to that again. So each one of us, no? We will know from our own. That's why if the earlier you get saved, our children, if they get saved as early as possible and teach them to walk with God, the easier the walk becomes. Like David, uh, sorry, Daniel and Joseph and all. But let me tell you, there is supernatural deliverance available. Any man. Amen. You have to really cry out to God. First, you have to cry out to God, help me to see what I am struggling with as you see it. Let me go to Hebrews. This should be one of our prayers. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. And pray constantly this until it happens. Nine. One nine. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness or evil. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. See, love and hate are very powerful words. And you should ask God, Lord, create this in me each day, Lord. That I love righteousness and and hate lawlessness. lawlessness. Then you will realize there is a different kind of anointing that is increasing in us. He was a man of sorrows because of the burden of the people, but he was also a man of joy. He was anointed with the oil of gladness more. So there are everything God has factored it in. It's our job to search it, see it, ask of it, and receive it each day, and you will realize you will your struggles get lesser and lesser and lesser. And always we we tell you this. Pastor Vijay has used that illustration in his. Uh, messages. I have used that illustration in our messages, different ways we talk about it. The man who had two dogs, Mm. the black dog and the white dog. 
and he brings it to the market. One and people place bets on it. One day the white dog wins, the other day the black dog wins. One week, but every day, every week he wins. <laughs> so one day somebody asked him, "How come it's not the same dog every week?" He says, "Depends upon which dog I feed. That dog wins that week." So we have to ask ourselves, "Who am I feeding? Am I feeding my flesh?" Or how am I feeding my, the Christ in me? The new man or the old man? And you will all know that. That's Every man knows that. Depending upon what he is feeding, mm. is what? Is winning. Yes. Even in simple, let's forget lust. Let us talk about little things. Husband, wife. If you think good thoughts about your wife, you will be able to discuss issues without losing your temper. Simple as that. Because the two people who have to walk together, live together, discuss issues together. How do you do it? First, think good thoughts mm. about your wife or your husband. Good thoughts. The Bible is very, very clear about it. And all of you have been harmed by enemies. Broken marriages and all kind of stuff you have gone through. I'll tell you the technique, how I learned. Even if you have come through a broken marriage... Before it was broken, before things went bad and it broke and divorce took place, there were good times. Nobody can deny that. Maybe rare cases where you married a madman from day one or a mad woman on day one, but usually it doesn't. There were times there would have been good. Then you separated, you divorced and all, but you got this thing inside. I'll tell you what you do. Go back and stop exactly in your memory lane with the good times and stop it there. You can do it. Just think the good times. Leave it there. Whenever you think about that person, only think the good and bless that person. You will realize it is not difficult. The devil will trap you to think about all the wicked things. No, that's a trap. The Bible talks. Think about the good things, the noble things, things which are worthy of your mind. If if your mind is the mind of Christ Jesus, Mm. think about things that are worthy of it. Don't think. No, That's how you battle these things. I'm telling you. First think. Because the thing is, forgiving and forgetting are two different things. God may not let you forget a lot of things so that you don't go back that way. David never forgot what happened between yes. him and Bathsheba. Yes, yes, yes. And he will say when his son dies, Absalom, Absalom, Absalom. I wish I had died in your place. Sometimes God will not allow you to forget pain of what you went through so that you never go back that way again. Okay? So, but when it comes to people, try to remember the good and forget the bad and when you feel the bad is coming, you have to consciously do these things because these are all written in scripture and it has power because remember there is a demonic element involved which will try to bring these memories back. Open your mouth and bless them. The devil hates it. (laughs) <laughs> so we'll try not to bring it carefully we'll try it not to bring it to your memory because he doesn't like blessings he was hoping you would curse but you blessed so he will say okay now onward, once he knows you're consistent with that he will say okay I will let you forget that person this is not working with them okay because you have to learn all this if anybody should have cursed it was Jesus <laughs> he blessed I will tell you how you deal with these things in your life that's Jesus. He anointed him with the oil of gladness more 
Otherwise, if he, they didn't learn this from the master, how did Paul and Silas, after getting a brutal beating mm. and stripped naked, mm. thrown into prison, legs put in stocks, mm. they can't even lie down, mm. sitting there, can't even help their broken back, and they're singing. They're singing. What are they singing? What? I don't, I'm, they were praying and singing, but when you look at the singing, I know they're praying. They were not praying for release. They are praying for their captors. And they are praying for the other prisoners. Lord, we have this joy even in this miserable condition. But they don't have. We pray, Lord, these people, they would know you. And you have a Holy Spirit filled meeting in the prison and a baptism service a few hours later. Hallelujah. Yes, Pastor Vijay. So, Pastor, this is another question. Uh, number eight. Okay. Number eight. Dear Pastor, I have a few questions that I'd ask, I'd like to ask. Is it okay to consume alcohol according to the Bible? No. If, if yes, what's the threshold or limit? First it is no, so there is no threshold. <laughs> okay, Pastor. <laughs> First thing what I want to ask you is, why do you want to drink? In which way does it help you? You want to drown your sorrows? Go to God. He's the man of sorrows who identifies with your sorrows and he will lift your sorrows away. Uh, don't drink. It will destroy you. Alcohol, I'm, 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 I'm a victim. Victim in the sense like I saw an incredibly righteous man fall apart before my eyes as a grew up. My father was an unbelievably righteous man. He did not know Christ personally, but he grew up in what we call with the Christian ethos. Very righteous man. You know, honest, righteous, disciplined man. He turned 90 years. Yesterday was his 90th birth anniversary. He died 26 years ago. And I believe if he hadn't drunk, he would be still alive. Because that was his regime. How he ate, how he exercised, and how disciplined he was. So many things uh, before I came to Christ, I learned from him, which was useful for me after I came to Christ. I still don't have his discipline when it comes to eating. He wouldn't touch sweets. He ate two meals a day. And the morning was just milk and an egg absolutely disciplined in his way. So many things I learned from him. But one thing destroyed him. That was alcohol. He didn't drink for a long time. But he was a school principal in another country. Admissions, they brought and crates and left before him. He used to give it away. Then I think one day he opened a bottle. Then another bottle. Then I saw him going down and down and down and down and down. So I know what alcohol does. And I've seen afterwards so many people. Because what happens is you literally drink your family out. Mm. No, ultimately. I saw him struggling with his alcoholism and with his righteousness. Because he is a man who didn't take a bribe. Do a, because those days, principals were kings in that country. They could do anything. Mm. And they were given building construction projects. But he wouldn't touch anything. When he retired, I remember all he came was with one suitcase and one small table he had bought from a teacher. That's all he had. Nothing. Absolutely righteous. But I realized that he was struggling. Because I was the youngest. He used to take me to the bank. And in the bank, every vacation we came, he would go and break his insurance policy, take that money. I can still remember that bundle of notes. Then he would give it to my mother because we had to travel three days by train. And so that she would stitch it and keep it in her clothes so that it was not stolen. And I knew that when he reached over there, he put it back from the money he had taken to buy his alcohol. That he would never, ever steal, bribe, 
corruption wouldn't touch him, but he was trying. That's why I believe God touched him two days before he died and saved him. And he saw to that all his other unbelieving children were away. I was the only child beside him the last ten days, the believing one. So I'm telling you, don't you go that route, child. Not even wine. Leave it alone. Okay, leave it alone. It's not worth it. And one of the reasons why I tell people why I don't drink wine, I don't stop people from drinking wine, but why I don't drink wine is that one statement touched me from the Bible where Jesus says, I will not drink of the fruit of this wine, I mean the, of this drink, of this drink until, until the kingdom comes. And I was thinking, did he really mean he's waiting for the kingdom to come, meaning the bride and the bridegroom to be together before he will touch this? And I thought, if I am the bride and he's the bridegroom, if the bridegroom is not drinking, how can I get drunk here? Even wine. Hmm. So that sounds silly, right? No. The bridegroom is not drinking, why should the bride drink? That's a day, I mean, I, I tried to get my father out. I learned to make wine. He was with me alone for a few, some time. I learned how to make wine, thinking that, okay, let me try to do this, get him out of alcohol to wine. Didn't work. He drank wine and alcohol. <laughs> but he was a good man. So I am telling you, child, don't you ever go that route. And the present day alcohol is not at all the same as the wine mentioned. Most of the wine they drank was actually fresh grape juice. Grape juice. And the fermented ones are the ones where all the warnings in the book of Proverbs are the fermented ones. They're told not to drink that, when it is red, don't look, and all that stuff. If that was the warnings about wine, do you think what God would have written about alcohol today? You are a slave, mm-hmm. ultimately you will become. And the problem is with alcoholism is you, you can start with this. My wife, no sugar. Mm. Mm. And uh, after that, what happens, as time goes on, this one, Give you what you need. So you have to increase. Oh, yes. You have to increase. You have to increase. You have to increase. The guy who started on a peg ends up with a full bottle, two bottles. You look at all the WhatsApp pictures coming. People one day, oh, people have bought for 50,000 rupees and one guy alone buys for 50,000 rupees and all in a day and packed it and taking it home. No, and it destroys you. But ask God to help you, those who are struggling with it. Come out of it. Don't go that route. Destroy you, destroy your home, destroy your family. Honestly, what do the children see? What did the children see? You know, what did the children see? Every day it is uh, alcoholic father, turmoil in the house. No, that's what children all over, no, all over. Some of these, uh, my employees, I sympathize with them because earlier employees and all poor things come here, the work taking care of our special needs children and the day they get their salary, half the way the man is waiting on the road. Grabs the money, goes and gone. Her whole month's labor is gone. He goes, gets drunk and comes back. So many of them. So that's the story of India. Alcohol destroys more families than anything else. Now knowing that, please don't even think you can handle it. During communion, it often starts with on the night Jesus was betrayed, he gave thanks. Why the mention or start with Jesus being betrayed? Does it have a certain signal? No. That's when the covenant is being introduced. 
that's the Passover we have. No, He must have uh, had previous, but it's not mentioned in the Bible. But that's the night you have it officially being instituted. And the next day, he, of course, he will he will go into his trial and testing. And Paul and all will bring that as setting for us for the last 2,000 years. That's the beginning of the new covenant. So, Pastor, so we have a last question for the rest of the night. Oh. It's going to take a while, I believe, for you to answer this. Which one is that? This is question number 12. Oh, have mercy on me, Lord. How would you counsel a believing Christian couple that got saved very recently, but has a minor under the age of 18, a son or a daughter that identifies with LGBTQ? Mm. Or a faithful believing couple who has a son or a daughter that has been, that has come out identifying as LGBTQ plus? How would you counsel a Christian couple who has an intersex, has both male and female reproductive organs, child born to them on how to raise their child in a society that states gender is a social construct separate from the definition of sex? This is a particular prog- uh, problem, what you say in U.S. Everywhere it is come, not U.S., Europe, everywhere it is there. Uh, and believing parents really, really struggle. And one of the things I would tell those parents is ask God for help, financial help, job, move to one of those very conservative red states where these laws have not been introduced. Don't live in a blue state. They will take, they will take your child away. It's worth moving into those places. And this entire movement, okay, plus let me give you first behind the scenes what has been happening for years and years. The reason for what we call gender confusion, why we are so confused. We sitting over here, we have no confusion because we came to the Lord, we have grown up in the word, our absolutes are absolutes, aligning with the word of God and the person of Jesus Christ. But that's not today's culture. Mm. Not all these children know in the IT companies they work. That's not the culture at all. And remember, the culture was never this way also for a long time. The whole reason is what is called, like I who come from humanities department before coming into ministry, we call it postmodernism. Let me read out to you from my notes. Postmodernism is a philosophy that claims there is no such thing as truth. What is true for you may not be true for me. And what is true for me may not be true or right for you. So everybody should have the freedom to pick and choose their own truth. Mm. This is because they teach, they literally teach in our, in our old classrooms, that truth is nothing more than a social construct, something created and developed by society. And the social construct, as they call the hate most, is patriarchy. So they want to destroy patriarchy and the man, the man's image. So remember, patriarchy is what kind of held this world together for 6,000 years in, in spite of all the abuses of patriarchy. had so many abuses of patriarchy and we do not negate that, that were there. But that held it together. Now once that has been destroyed using these theories, so in fact they say reality itself is a social construct. Meaning, see, this is the problem when truth goes out of the window. And that's why Jesus does not come and say, I will show you the truth. 
because if he shows us the truths then how i understand the truth is my reality mm. then it becomes your truth you can say it. so that's one of the way they teach us to read uh, novels it is called the reader response theory i write a novel but after that i have no power over it you can read it in whichever the way they want whichever way you want to interpret you that is why the bible says the bible is not for private interpretation interpretation has to come from god mm-hmm. that is why the holy spirit that's why jesus says i have so many things to tell you now you will not understand it but when the holy spirit comes he is the only authentic interpreter of the truth that's yeah. why he is called the spirit of the truth mm-hmm. that is why all the churches when they don't allow the autonomy of the holy spirit to come for it to become truth you have so many various interpretations and this is where all the problems in life comes all the problems in life comes and how people interpret life so what happens here even reality is a construct it's a social construct so if if reality itself is a social construct it means you can decide your own reality so if you can determine your own reality why not your own gender hmm. if you are a male who wants to be a female you can adopt a female gender even though you are biologically a male we should not let our biological sex determine our gender this is all came from our department of humanities and gender studies in fact a key concept in transgenders movement is this very idea it goes further transcendence understanding of gender nowadays we understand that anatomy is in destiny it is a choice to be called lesbian gay bisexual transgender cure questioning intersexual asexual or something else it's your choice we have reached the point that regardless of anatomy meaning how you were born you can choose your identity and you can choose to change your gender identity as often as you change your clothes Why? That's a confusion in the Western world. Mm. It's come here also. And what is the reason? The reason God says is because you don't retain the image of God in your, in mind. your mind. So it is in a way it's a kind of judgment. judgment. Okay, and the judgment gets pronounced more and more as we come to the last days, further and further away from the original truth. We are further away. So what happens? God gives us over to a depraved reprobate we call them doctor of philosophy but god calls them reprobate you have been given over to a reprobate mind okay but the fact is that we must have great compassion for the people who are struggling not for the profs who sanctify it but for the people great compassion on people who are confused about their gender can happen to anybody but many of them are in great anguish of soul because you know god created them you can get any number of theories you want mm. but at the night you are alone and your theory doesn't help you yes and you go to some of many of the letters we got you see the anguish they are going they know it is wrong they know it's something inside is telling them it is wrong no it is wrong the bible teaches our biological sex determines our gender let us make man in our image and god made them male and female and jesus said it have you not read that at the beginning god the creator made them male and female in short it what you were born is what you are you work around that 
Amazon has around 50 options for gender now. Bible is very clear. You're either male or female. So now you have another case in there where a child is born with both uh, sexual organs. Yes, that things happen. Are what we call it. Sadly, the breakdown of the genetic thing that is happening, it's like, like you know, the simple example we give is that, you know, when you had these record players and cassettes, you play it, first time it sounds good, second, but you keep on playing it and playing it and playing it. Though the original recording was it good, now you have scratches and sounds and can't. Get. That's what has happened. 6,000 years of human deprivation, the cassette is cracking. And you have all this sadly children born with two heads and two lungs and two hearts and two sexual organs. All this is breakdown is taking place. Okay. But the question is, my child is born with a male and a female organ. So what is its gender? Simple. Do a chromosome test. It won't have both. Right. It is, can have only one. XY or XX. XX or YY or what? XY. XX or XY. Go by that, and that's the gender of your son or your daughter, whatever it was. And then go and have whatever corrective surgery, whatever can be done. The other word for that is hermaphrodite. And one of the biggest, not naming the name because it will create a racket, one of the biggest godmen of India who died with millions of followers and above, at whose, whose feet presidents and prime ministers fell was a hermaphrodite. Okay, so please remember the term male and female are not social constructs. Mm. God said so. So it is truth. And that truth is what sets you free. Even if you are struggling, if you are struggling, like let us imagine I am the one who is struggling. I was born a male and I was struggling with that. And I come to it and say, you know what? That's the truth. I was born a male. That's what I am. I'm a male. I'm masculine. That's what I'm saying. So I go back to God and say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. You are the truth. You are the absolute. I want you to help me through this one day at a time. And there is deliverance. But the only thing that can set you free is the truth. And we have to come to that truth and bow our knee before the Amen. truth. The parents. And, but be compassionate with them because, you know, please remember gender differences are God created and they are wonderful. They are wonderful. And God created that. So every attack is at the image of God. When I am a male, I say I'm not, I don't feel like I am a male. I'm attacking the image of God because God said, let us make them in our image. Mm. Male and female, he made them. So this is all. And they all have male and female are equal in worth, value, dignity. But like I said, they are made different. And they have significant roles to play in the home, the society, and the church. So they are made differently. They are called to complement each other. So, problem is, the Bible teaches it is wrong to change our gender. We looked at that a few days back. You created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. That's Psalm 139, verse 13. I am fearfully and, and wonderfully made. Okay? Psalm 139, verse 13. Thir 39, verse 13 and 14. And fearfully and wonderfully made. So there, when a child is born like that way, 
so that the child does not have confusion and you don't have believing parents don't have confusion what i would do is that do a dna test and they will tell you whether it is xx right xx is female female and xy is male if that is born with two organs and it is xy it's a male it's xx it is male and then affirm that then go take medical advice what do i need to do about this but then don't dress the child one day as a boy another day as a girl don't do that mm. affirm that's why i told every child has to be affirmed with the gender in which he was or she was born it's our job as parents no girls play with toys boys play with cars tools that's their gender naturally that's what don't try to make them into unisex yeah everything that and i always tell you no know, parents no when your child starts reading like oh, when i remember david came from here and isaac was i said david i'll tell you get isaac is now starting to really love reading get him to read alistair maclean biggles hardy boys because these are books for boys boys yes these are not books for girls these are books for boys there are books for girls there are books for boys so what happened as they read all these books for boys and boys adventure and all that all that god meant a man to be is being inculcated into their thinking because man is called to be masculine you know and what happened in this unisex movement that came in which has created this confusion the children suffer a generation suffers okay suffers so we should help our children understand and celebrate their genders hmm. If a little boy wants to wear a pink dress and play with Barbie dolls, tell him, "No way, Jose. That's not what you're gonna do." And a little girl wants to wrestle with boys, cut her hair short, wear shorts, and wrestle with boys. You tell her, "Nope, nope, you don't." And watch over them, protect them, because you will know that that is how things happen. See that you put a protect. to hedge around your children because they are not sexually molested because when that happens then other things also come in the demonic also comes in okay so please understand these are the lies you should refute your sex may be assigned at birth but your gender is up for grabs it's a lie absolutely our sexual orientation or gender is only part of our identity no our identity is what gives us meaning the last decade it has made fashionable to make sexual orientation our identity that what gives me meaning and status is my sexual orientation so people say i am homosexual i'm heterosexual i'm bisexual and transsexual the bible rejects all of this when you become a christian you become a part of christ a part of god's family you have a new identity you are either a son or a daughter of the living god Man. god is your father and you are his child and if you were born or whatever has a eunuch you're still a child of god even a eunuch will have their chromosome identity okay so please remember that is not how it works we should not treat sexes differently no men should treat women like men women should treat men like women no men should treat men like men and women like women like no when raj comes in if i call raj honey raj will laugh right 
right ela while we call honey appu honey she feels good because she's a girl she's a lady you know if i pull a chair for raju raju will think what's wrong with pastor mm-hmm. but if we pull a chair for appu appu will feel good that's the way it should be this whole feminist movement has been detrimental to the women not to the men so much yes. it's been detrimental to the women incredibly women detrimental you know when like i said i used to be like in the civilian chaplain with the army many years 20 25 years ago what used to be fun was that i used to be called for these uh, army parties where officers are coming in and going out and what happens there is that uh, i i used to be called in by the believing officers so that i could witness to the unbelieving officers who all had family problems alcohol this thing and all okay so the husbands the wives and all it is quite interesting okay like now i don't know what's the culture in the army was that no they all would be having of course their drinks and i would have my lime juice the thing is that i didn't understand the army culture at all okay when a lady walks in or gets her from the chair they all get up and they don't even turn they are talking and they see the lady they immediately get up and i am the only fool who's sitting there and i don't understand what their culture is because they have been trained in their military academy that when the lady comes you stand up and when she sits you sit down okay that's how they were trained it automatically reflects the kind of and i used to what is this that's army rules the army rules okay army rules yet they have the other order also you will see the army gypsies going the jeeps going and you will never see i don't know if you have changed but i still haven't seen you will never see even if it is the ceo's wife and the, she will not sit in the front even if the front seat is empty she will not sit in the front okay she will not sit in the, she sits at the back she is not allowed to sit in the front only the men are allowed to sit at the front okay so i used to sit in the front with the ceo's wife at the back and i feel like an odd like i'm a civilian right no and you know at the check post they immediately salute and you will always see the the driver will put one hand on the window meaning saying he is not soldier he is civilian you don't have to salute him you put a hand i didn't understand every check post why is he putting hand on the glass then i asked him why are you doing that he says no to tell them that you are not an officer otherwise they are bound to salute you <laughs> so you have all this right you know it is good you show chivalry you show courtesy you show respect all what has happened in this unbelievably demonic uni sex movement has gone it has actually increased the abuse of the woman mm. abuse of the woman it has increased the abuse of the women and god said no that's my daughter this is my son and i expected my sons to protect my daughters but this movement came and it was not from god it was from the pits of hell we have to look at it and we have to guide believing families pray talk gently pray and your children will come out trust god he will bring them out but these are all issues which we are facing and i hope i was we were able to answer your questions as best as we can but pray there is too, so much that is happening that nobody has any clue about there is the demonic involved and there are wicked men and women and mind blinding and programming and media everything is selling it to us and stay away from all of it stay away from tv stay away from media watch news some 
I don't know what news you can watch in US. Australia, you can watch Sky News. It's conservative. Britain, Sky News is not conservative. It's gone liberal. US, you can have OAN, One American News Network, and there is Epoch Times. They are not Christian. They are Chinese immigrants who escaped the communist regime. So they are absolutely on their money with their news reporting. They are one of the best news reporters reporting journals in US. Other than, I'm talking only for news. The rest just avoid it. Don't even watch any of those things. Keep your mind clear. We need to know information, what's happening around the world. Be good in the area God has called you. If you're an engineer, keep innovating, study. If you're a doctor, keep reading up on medical subjects and stick to the word of God. You will realize deliverance becomes easier and easier and easier. Things are not sticking into your mind. Because the devil is after the mind. God also says, I want your mind. Ultimately, whoever controls your mind has your body. Has your body. Actually, in the recent years, when people are applying to universities, mm. uh, even in the application forms, mm. now it used to be male or female. Now it is male, yeah, female, X, Y, Z. There are so many options in the application forms of the universities. It's like they have become. I mean, I'm talking about departments like science and technology. Everywhere they got. They have changed this thing also in. Schools also about mother becoming guardian and all. Some states are changing it. While in India, the law is the father is the natural guardian, Hmm. not the mother. So final say is to my wife and my sister. You cost me to suffer. She shall finish it. Final say is don't watch CNN. (laughs) (laughs) Not tomorrow. (laughs) I will not drink. I'll drink plain water tomorrow. Okay? (laughs) If you're watching. Honey, there was no honey in it. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We just praise you. We just worship you, Lord. By faith, I bring everyone, Lord, who have been listening, who have written these questions. Everyone's struggle is intense. One may look at the other one and say, your suffering is nothing compared to mine. But no, Lord, each one is carrying their burden. And there is only one who can set them free. It is you, Lord. And tonight, seventh night, supermoon, big ritual night, all kind of wicked things are happening. But your word is there for your children. The sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. Yes, Lord. The God of Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's watching over your going out and your coming in. And I plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over your people. All your people and their children. There are mothers struggling, crying out for the children who are still caught in the circle. And they know tonight will be the night they will be taken again. But I pray for a deliverance, O Lord. I pray for a deliverance. Set this dear ones free, Lord. Let them have no fear. Let them have no fear. Let them cry out to you by faith with boldness, knowing that our God can set us free. Let them not fear anything that comes by the day or by the night. There are pestilences which I cannot see. Demonic entities that will be released, but it will not come near us. They will fall to the ground. They will go back to those who send them. There will be havoc in the kingdom of darkness tonight. Every wicked cow when they gather, the fire of God of Elijah will fall and consume that wicked ones.
they will not prevail. Even though evil join with hand with evil. Your word says, O Lord, they will not prevail, O God. And I pray there will be conviction in the hearts and the lives of so many pastors. They call themselves pastors. They have sold them to themselves to witchcraft, O Lord. So many. And the congregations are struggling, having no idea. Completely deceived. Minds have been blinded. No idea at all. I pray, Father, for a deliverance of these congregations. I pray every child of God will pray for an opening of eyes. That the clouds will lift off. The light of the gospel will come down in its glory. Minds will be opened. Ears will be opened. That people would see the truth of Master. Receive it and be set free, Lord. So we speak deliverance today, Father, into the lives of your people. Let them walk more and more and more in deliverance, O oh Lord. We command the unclean spirit, the spirit of lust to leave Amen. bodies and minds in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is against you. I command every unclean spirit to leave. Those who have asked, those who are watching, those who are crying out in Jesus' name. And they will also take practical steps to avoid those things. Command the spirit of addiction to leave those who are watching, those who are addicted to alcohol or drugs or any substance or any program. Command that spirits of addiction to leave in Jesus' name. I pray the spirit of God, I pray you would flood their souls and set them free, Lord. Let there be a cleansing by the blood of Jesus and by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse them inside, Lord, where no man can see, where demons can hide. Only you can see. I pray let there be a double cleansing, Lord, that what the devil meant for evil tonight will be a day of great deliverance, oh Lord, Amen. for your people, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Cover your children. Protect your children. Keep your children, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Help us to keep our eyes and our minds focused on things that are important to you, Lord. Things that are noble, things that are pleasing, things that are kind, loving, so that we can walk with you in peace, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, we worship you, we glorify you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen.